0: not regular season podcast. It's the final preseason podcast. We have a bunch of talk about, a bunch of news, a bunch of quarterback news as always, some bets being traded, some people being hurt, just a typical week of the NFL. You ready to go?
1: I'm real ready to go. And, you know, you and I have been doing this a long time. And I think now more than ever, I think the week four preseason game is going to be really painful. <laughs> you know, that even week three this year, coaches are sitting their guys. I mean, Cam Newton played one series. You know, like no one's even playing through a half. I can't imagine what next week's going to look like. No one's going to Um, But this was the first week that I think we saw – some substantial injuries, you know, the, like kind of like what I was alluding to. These coaches have been doing a good job to try to keep their players in bubble wrap. Well, a couple of that, some of that bubble wrap broke this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, and let's let's start with that. With Julian Edelman, um, you know, a real bummer, hardworking dude, big part of the best in football. But it's the best offense in football. And I, and I did a call for FanRag Sports this morning ranking the, the Patriots' weapons offensively without Julian Edelman in the picture and, you know, how the, the roles may change. And they're 10 deep, you know? I mean, right? you know what I mean? This is, team, this is a team that won the Super Bowl without perhaps the best tight end ever, and he got hurt in November, and they went on and won the Super Bowl. Now, if Gronk gets hurt again this year, and Gronk's been hurt a lot, 24 games since 2012, then you lose Gronk and Edelman. Maybe there's some intrigue there, but as good as Edelman is for this offense, and as good as he is for Brady, they can survive this, right?
1: Oh, I still think they're the best team in the league. Certainly in the conversation for best offense in the league. I mean, they're they're loaded. I mean, let's not you know, be, you know let's not beat beat around the bush here. I mean, they, like you said, they have a ton of guys you know, guys like Malcolm Mitchell are now going to step up. I mean, like you said, you go 10 deep and James White might catch more passes or Deion Lewis, or, you know, I mean, they have a deep backfield too. Um, However, that that's pure slot. Welker Edelman guy has been such a staple of this offense now for what, 10 years. I mean, Welker showed up in 2007. And I know Amendola's on the roster but he's not the same. I mean, I think he's close to being done, if not being done, that they're going to have to change how they play football a little bit. And, of course, we know nobody changes as well as they do, but it's definitely a blow. I mean, I don't think you can just brush it off and be like, oh, they'll be fine. Yeah. But, I mean, they are deep,
0: though.
1: they will figure oh. it out, right? I, uh, yes. I mean, if anyone can withstand, you know, potentially a – you know, number one type receiver going down, it's them. You know, like a, an obvious contrast right now is compared what happened to them to what happened to the Bears. <laughs> and we'd all say Edelman's a better player than Meredith, but the Bears are now crippled because they lost Meredith, where the Patriots are still the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but that Bears
0: injury, underrated uh, impact, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I like him a lot, you know. And I do a lot of fantasy stuff, and people are really excited about him. He worked, he worked out of a slot a high percentage of the time last year. But I th- and they were asking him, you know, after they got right and Wheaton and these guys, they're going to ask him to move outside more. And I think he's even going to be better outside. He's got that long body type, extremely athletic, um, really explosive, learning things. And I think he's even better suited to be outside. Like I said. But the problem is, you know, now without without knowing what Kevin White is, you really have no idea, you know, who can who's Trubisky going to count on or Glennon, you know that that was a position that they just couldn't afford to lose a prominent guy at all. Yeah. Yeah. Do you,
0: Do you think that injury maybe keeps Glennon on the field? You know what I mean? Maybe makes Fox say, well. The kid really has nobody to throw through, and that may hurt his growth. Maybe we just stick with Glennon right now. Does that play any part of the thinking?
1: Maybe. However, I mean, I thought Glennon played well this past week, and because you at least saw one good performance, I think you stick with the original plan at least to begin the season of Glennon's our starter until further notice, and we'll see from there. But, you know, I mean, you don't want Trubisky to go out there and get hammered, but it's a good line. It's a good running game. I think it'll be an improved defense. So I don't know that it changes that perspective enormously. I mean, because, I mean, again, the knock on Trubisky coming out of school was, boy, he hasn't played. So you're going to sit him on the bench all year? (laughs) I mean, like, it seems illogical to me. But if he's not ready, you don't put him out. So I think it hurts the whole offense as a whole in a big, big way, even though he's not a phenomenal player. But now you're counting on Kendall Wright and Wheaton and maybe Kevin White. And uh, to me, that's just not good enough. I mean, their first-round pick next year is probably going to be a wide receiver.
0: Do you like what you saw through Trubisky throughout the preseason? I know everybody's talking about him after week one, but – Did you like what you saw in the last couple weeks as well? Because, I mean, it
1: seems like reviews are still pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Um, No doubt. I mean, I think he very much looks like he belongs. I think he's highly accurate. I think his timing's been very good. He's shown very good athleticism. Um, They haven't asked a ton of him. You know, of the rookie quarterbacks, I think Kaiser has had the most on his plate. Um, but Trubisky's handled everything really, really well. Um, all of a sudden, no one's complaining that, hey, I can't believe they traded a third-round pick to move up to get this guy. Right.
0: Yeah, definitely. Talking about another quarterback in that division, Matt Stafford, now the richest quarterback of all time. Derek Carr had that mantle for about two months. Um, I know a lot of people say Stafford, but he's <clears throat> be quarterback, they don't have to worry about the quarterback for five, six years. And that's going rate. and the Lions, like I guess they don't have to worry about
1: the quarterback. That's a big thing, right? Uh, you broke up a little. What, what were you saying about Stafford? I'm sorry.
0: He may not be elite, but he's pretty good and you never you don't have to yeah. worry about him for the next six years. They have their quarterback.
1: Oh, yeah, and I think he's knocking on the door of elite. I'm higher on Stafford. I think the most, peop, most experts are. Um, I think he's taken, you know, when you draft someone first overall with great tools, I think he's taken the steps towards that you want. You know, I mean, he didn't rocket up the list as the best quarterback in the league after this first year, but I think he's progressively gotten better. And the marriage with, with Cooter as the offensive coordinator, I think, has helped him a lot. They've reeled him in a lot. That I still think he's – you know, look how many yards he's thrown for. I mean, I know this doesn't make him an all-time great or anything, but when he's all done, he might throw for more yards than anybody ever. <laughs> like he's in a league young, throws for a ton of yards every year, highly talented. I think what's interesting about how they use him, though, is – I know people have said, boy, you got to take the farve out of him. He's made a lot of bad decisions in his career, so they're playing real slow in a real controlled passing game. And I think that's a benefit of what they're doing, but I think they play that way because their defense is awful and they have no running game. So right. if those things could get a little better and you trust Stafford a little bit more, as I think he deserves, now you're really talking, but I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league already. I think he's a top ten quarterback for sure, and gradually, or you know, faster than gradually, keeps getting better and better. You, you know,
0: Gil Brandt, the great Gil Brandt, uh, pointed out, I think it was on Twitter, that Matt Stafford, in the last eight years, he's only had seven running backs have a hundred yard game. Seven times wow
1: in 8 years 100 year games the last one was 2013 that's insane yeah. that really is i mean yeah, i know no, there's no. i know there's people out there that are anti-stafford and say he has a dreadful record against you know teams with a winning record okay um but, but did you happen to notice that he also led the, the he set an nfl record for comebacks in the fourth quarter last year too i mean if he doesn't pull those off, Detroit's not even sniffing the playoffs, and they really had no business being a playoff team anyway.
0: Exactly. He had yeah. a really, really underrated year last year. He—I I, I don't think—I don't know if his game reminds me of Philip Rivers, but maybe his uh, the respect that he does doesn't get reminds me of Philip Rivers.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're very similar quarterbacks, but I'm with you that uh, those are two of the guys that anytime I'm asked to do a quarterback list. I have higher than just about anyone I see, and I think they're both underrated not only for what they do now but what they've done throughout their career. And Stafford's talent is anybody in the league, and if he keeps getting better, I mean, for me to say three years from now if Brady's not around that he might be the second-best quarterback to Aaron Rodgers, I don't think that's far-fetched at all. I think he's tremendous. This isn't like like paying Flacco – or paying cousins, or pay, you know, I mean, and you're just happy with your guy. This is, you're excited for him. He's the face of the foundation. He's a true stud quarterback.
0: And he has all the intangibles, too. You know, he, he's laid back. He's, you know, he doesn't get too excited. He's a leader. Um, yeah, I think it's well deserved. Looking at Twitter here, a little bit thing we talked about a minute ago looks like Mitch Trubisky is going to quarterback on Thursday. Glennon and Sanchez don't play, so Trubisky plays, I guess, virtually the whole game on Thursday night, or at least the lion's share. that surprise you?
1: Yeah, a little, just because who's going to be blocking for him, you know, those type of things. Who's he going to be playing with? But I guess that goes back to my point of, you know, he doesn't have a lot of snaps over the over his college career, so this is one more opportunity to get him out there. But I would yeah. think, I hope, you know, for his sake and for the sake of the, uh, of the team going forward, if he starts taking a lot of hits, I would get him out.
0: Yeah. because so Why I
1: mean, you saving Sanchez?
0: He's going to be playing a bunch of guys who may be in their very last NFL game and a bunch of guys who are desperate to make some noise on film. So guys are going to be going after him.
1: Yeah, and I've heard you say that before, and I think it's a great point that the this last preseason game, some weird stuff happens. You know what I mean? Like there's right. it, people going, "I'm going to get cut tomorrow unless I show up on film." I'm just, I got nothing to lose. A lot of dudes with nothing to lose is scary. Nothing to lose, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's that's scary. You know, I'm, yeah, absolutely. A friend of mine used to be when we're driving on the highway and somebody was in a lousy car. He'd always go to the other lane and go, that guy has nothing to
1: lose. <laughs> right. He doesn't mind running into your Mercedes or whatever. You know, what's he care?
0: So there's a bunch of 76 Novas out there on Thursday night. He's got to be careful. <laughs> you know? So, anyways, talking a little bit more quarterback. Uh, Kaiser gets the nod in Cleveland. We talked about it. We talked about Osweiler. I like this move. Why not? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean,. I think you can look at this two ways, and I think both are true, that they're very happy with Kaiser. He's played well. Clearly, they need to know what he is. You know, I mean, big picture. That, that organization's all about big picture thinking. You know, we do know that for sure, that you can't play him the last five games of the season and say, boy, he was pretty good. Should we trade up for him and get Rosen or not? You know, I mean, like, you need to know when the season's over do you like Kaiser or not? So you need a lot of film to figure that out. But maybe even more so, I think everybody in the world knows who his competition is. I mean, Kessler's going to be a lifetime backup. I bet he plays for the Browns for 12 years. And when people get hurt, whether it's Kaiser or Rosen or whoever, he'll, be, he'll come in the game. He'll be Frank Wright, and he'll be a quality guy, and people will like him, and then he'll host a talk show after he retires. and you know, And, and that's great. Um, where Brock Osweiler isn't good. You know, he he's a bad quarterback. I think he probably always will be, and I think they tried to get, you know, a seventh-round pick for him instead of why is why they charted him out there. But Kaiser going out there is the right call. It's the big-picture thinking, and he's been very impressive.
0: Yeah, and like you said, this is much about the other guys. It's about Kaiser, and a second-round pick, try to strike lightning, try to – Try to Derek Carr your franchise, second round pick. Start him first, you know, as he goes as a rookie and, and you don't look back. And if Kaiser does have his bumps and bruises and he's no good and the Browns draft high, there's plenty of other quarterback options next year. So but we've mentioned this about four times. I think we mentioned this Tuesday after the draft. That Kaiser's the lottery ticket of this draft. If if he hits Browns are really going to be on their way because they don't have to worry about quarterback anymore, and they can, and their roster is all of a sudden going to look pretty good. So why not start scratching that lottery ticket right now?
1: Yeah, and the thing is, he's not even a long shot lottery ticket. I mean, he's not a total shot in the dark. He's got all the ability. You know, I mean, people looked at him. A lot of people, including myself, liked him a, ahead of some of those first round guys. You know, but as on draft day, you know, there's a he's not a high-risk, high-reward guy. He's a somewhat risky, high-reward guy. And like you said, if he hits, look out. If they don't have to use all those first and second-round picks or a ton of cap space on a Kirk Cousins or somebody or, you know, to trade-up to get a quarterback, they're just going to keep drafting Miles Garretts and the Jokus and Jabril Peppers of every position. And holy cow, you know, I mean, when these guys all grow up together, I say it all the time in Pittsburgh, I'm like – you Sealer fans, you better hope Kaiser's not a star, or the balance of power is quickly going to go to Cleveland in a year or two, yeah.
0: I mean, there is a chance the Cleveland Browns can be power brokers in in,
1: in three years, maybe two years. And yeah, power- I mean it, it could be a lot like that Seattle team when Wilson was on the cheap and their defense was young and you know, but maybe even better. I mean, miles Garrett looks like a stud. All these other guys, I mean, Corey Coleman looked really good the other night with Kaiser. You know, the, the line's in place. They should have a running game. Um, you know, they're talking about trading Hayden still and getting more picks. They're talking about trading Cam Irving, getting more picks. They're just gonna they're gonna win the draft year after year. And Hugh's
0: not a bad quarter, uh, coach. He's got some he's got some words, but, but a lot of coaches do. But Hugh with a good team, he's got some spunk to
1: him. He, he's not bad. And I think the key with him is he's good with quarterbacks. You know, is yeah. like I mentioned, more so than Watson or Trubisky, Hughes asking a lot out of Kaiser. You know, he he's make going back there making difficult throws and you know, that's on purpose. That's not an accident.
0: Hey Matt, I saw something today that I found interesting. I don't know if every coach does it, but I guess Belichick said today that he's walked he's watched every preseason game this year because he's you know highly involved in scouting you know for the bottom of the 53 i mean do coaches have that type of time is that unusual from your knowledge
1: that blows me away yeah i mean i don't have to coach a football team and i haven't had enough time to watch every game you know i mean i do my best i mean i watched a lot of them sometimes only the first half um depending how it's all going but He's got a lot to do. I mean, I mean, is it on near him while he's doing other things, you know, or is he studying and rewinding every play like coaches tape? I don't know. But that's 16 games times three. <laughs> I mean, I understand that's-, that's what he does for a living, but isn't it more important to deal with the Patriots than it is to watch Browns Niners?
0: Yeah. and I mean, that's the thing about it. I can't. He can't knock him because he's the best coach ever. So I'm just thinking mm-hmm. the guy never sleeps. I'm thinking that's all he does. And it's very well up. be true.
1: I mean, especially during camp, they get that mentality where they move in and that's all they do is grind tape. And I, I've told you this before, and I've said it a lot in the air, but a lot of people don't realize this time of year, scouts, including college scouts, are going to preseason games to watch dudes. Like I went to Carolina, but I wasn't watching Cam Newton. You know what I mean? I'm going to watch guys – that might get cut. So is that what he means? You know, does his pro scouting director give him a list of 10 Browns, 10 Panthers that might get cut, and do we like them better than our worst guard or safety or whatever? I mean, maybe that's what he's doing, and you just watch those snaps. You know, it goes through the system. You you search for number 26, and you watch every snap of 26. Well, that's maybe what he's doing. Or is he really watching, you know, Mr. Bisputt? Right.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting, and it's worked for them because, they, I mean, they get cast off like sure. no other, you know, and then whether they're high picks or low picks, they seem to
1: be a great second-chance place. No, there's there's no denying that. Yeah. Talking about a place that they did
0: kind of strike out on, well, definitely struck out on it, Coney Ely, are you, A, surprised that it didn't work out in New England, and, B, can he do anything
1: with the Jets? I don't know. I mean, I found it a little odd that they went after him in the uh, you know the, the off season. He's not a real dynamic edge guy, um, but that's kind of what they've asked of their front four is be big, hold the point, you know, we'll win on the back end in coverage. Um, but they gave him a pick for him. You know, I mean, they liked him enough to make it a priority to add it, you know, to give up something to get him. Um I, I kind of always thought he was somewhat of an overrated player cuz he had a nice Super Bowl 2 years ago, people knew mm-hmm. who he was. You know, I mean right. I, I think of he's more of a rotation depth guy. But that still surprises me, you know, especially if Rivers gets hurt and, and it's not a position of strength for them. Maybe they have a guy or two that's, you know, really blowing them away that we don't know, you know, I mean a, a no-name guy that's going to make the team and another diamond in the rough type. But it does surprise me a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Flacco and Andrew Luck thing keeps on dragging out. We talked about Luck last week. I'm sure we'll talk about him again coming up. But the Flacco thing, I mean, what? He got no chance if he doesn't play as much as. I mean, I know he's not as good as Luck, but this Baltimore thing's looking pretty ugly, isn't it? They have nine guys that have been lost for the season since June one, and now they're you know the quarterback who's supposed to have a week long injury is on his fifth week.
1: Yeah, and it's a back, you know, and he's a tall guy. And, you know, I don't claim to be a doctor, but a six-seven quarterback with a bad back who's coming off a knee the year before doesn't sound so great. And he's coming off a bad year. Um, and Mallet looks terrible, as you would expect. I mean, big picture, I wonder, do they, use, they have to use a first-round pick on a quarterback? I mean, do they have to go get a new guy? And as Flacco fades away, be super expensive too. I mean, that, that's really rough. Um, maybe you'll be fine. And I think again, I think their defense will be outstanding, and it looks great this uh, this preseason. I think they're very well coached, and I think their special teams will be great as usual. But man, that offense is going to be one of the worst in the league. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, I, the way I read on the one-year extension for Hob- Harbaugh yesterday, he, he's now he's extended through 2019 is. Hey, we're going to be terrible this year. Don't worry about it. You're not going to have any worry about your contract, and we're going to give you a little more time for us to rebuild this thing. That's how
1: I read it. And especially if they get to the point where they're two and five, and you know he can go sit in Aussie's Aussie's room and say, "All right, maybe we got to start thinking big picture picture here and play some younger dudes." And even though Terrell Suggs is playing great, maybe we lessen his snaps so a younger guy can play, or you know. Uh, an unravens like strategy for the second half of the season. Right, right.
0: There's, you know, as as happens this time of year, there's a, a lot of trade rumors out there. And there's been a lot of little trades as
1: well. Yeah, they're kind of fun. Um, My Steelers yeah. made one today, unbelievably. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk
0: about that in a minute. Um, some names that are being bandied about as possible um, trade bait. Uh, T.J. Ward, um, Joe Hayden, Matt Forte. Any of those guys had anything left, any good fits for any of those places, any of those guys? T.J. Ward with
1: the Rams and, and, and you know, Wade Phillips, perhaps? I don't – that's the first I've heard, T.J. Ward. Maybe my head's been in the sand, but why is Denver yeah, it, shopping him? It broke, it broke today. Now, Vance
0: Joseph has uh, denied it, but, uh, yeah, so who knows?
1: I mean, I know they've drafted safeties reasonably high, but I think he's a good player. I mean, there's other ones I kind of look at and like, nah, you know, Matt Forte. Yeah, maybe he could tutor a young back like Kareem Hunt or you know. But they already, you know, I don't love that either. I'm just spitballing. Um, But I think Ward can still play. I mean, there there is a corner shortage out there. People might want Hayden, but he's, you know, he's not as good as his name or contract implies. Right, and he gets paid a lot of money, and he's hurt a lot. I, people ask me yeah. about the Raiders, and I'm like, well, they have the need, but I just don't see it. Right, I mean, he's he's okay, but he's not the pro bowler you think he is. Right, right.
0: What about – there's talk that uh, Dolphins would trade Landry. Does that make any sense to you?
1: Well, I don't think they're going to resign him after the year. So, you know, I mean, they just gave Stills a lot of money. That offense is based more on big downfield weapons, and I think that favors Tannehill and especially Cutler, too, as opposed to Dinkin and Duncan from a slot guy. Parker's contract is coming up the year after, and I think they want to keep him more than they want to keep Landry. So if it's a Watkins-like situation where we know we're not going to get anything for him, we can trade him now for a second-round pick or something, and that team would love him, I guess I understand but it also really sends the wrong message to the team for 2017. I mean, he's still a really good player. I mean, you were a playoff team last year. I mean, that, that really looks like you're punting. Go ahead. We talked about uh, tease the Steelers today.
0: They got Vance McDonald. Uh, I think what they they kind of switched lower draft picks, and they got Vance McDonald from the 49ers. That still a big need for them.
1: Yeah, I think tight ends are weakest spot by far on offense and probably on the team. Um, I tweeted out as soon as I heard, and I don't love him, but I think he's better than Jesse James and will start sooner than later. I thought he's coming off a pretty good year with the Niners with a terrible supporting cast around him. Now no one will be paying attention to him. Uh, as good as the Steelers' offense is, they had some red zone woes last year. I think he certainly helps in that regard. Two way tight end can block. Uh, They like to use a lot of different personnel groupings. Now their double tight end sets are a lot better. Um, I think James is very average. You know, he kind of catches the ball and falls down type of guy. You know, he's not dynamic, average blocker. Um, And and what I realized afterwards was I think the deal was Steelers fourth for Niners fifth and McDonald. Does that sound right to you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if the Steelers pick 30th in the fourth round and the Niners pick second in the fifth round, it's like a four-spot difference. Okay. I mean, we don't know that's going to happen, but I bet the Steelers pick late, and I bet the Niners pick early.
0: Well, that's what happened this, you know, four months ago. So, yeah, it's a pretty good point. Um, yeah. You know, McDonald, I was covering the 49ers his rookie year. He was, came out of Rice, known as a guy with – really good hands and couldn't block. Well, his first year, he dropped everything and was a pretty good blocker. <laughs>
1: right.
0: um, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. um,
1: Drops are an issue.
0: Right. And You know, and then right before he got fired, Trent Baalke gave him a contract extension. Everybody's like, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, you and know, I knew that so I made I waves. Know, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, and I don't know that he deserved it. I, th- I mean, basically, I-, I think they just wanted him off the book so they could go use that money elsewhere. And the Steelers looked at him like an upgrade, and he can help him win now. So yeah. I guess it makes sense. But the reality is they gave basically nothing up for him. Right. All right. Uh,
0: another injury in Kansas City with Ware getting hurt. Um, I was thinking that Kareem Hunt was going to take that job at some point anyways. I'm no fantasy football expert, but... He seems a guy that you may want to look into. I think I think Hunt could have a pretty good year for the Chiefs. Your
1: thoughts? Yeah, I do too. And I actually just wrote an article. I just turned an article in about this thing. I like Ware. I mean, he's fine. You know, I don't think it's – you know, he's a bad player. I think he's a below-average starter but or a great backup. And if you notice, I think it was week eight he got a concussion – Before that, his production was really, really good. You know, I mean, he had a good year. He's a good receiver. I think he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Um, But after that concussion, the second half of the year, he was poor. I mean, I don't know if it's because of the concussion or if he's worn down or what, but didn't look the same, didn't produce close to the same type of numbers. So clearly they made a priority of let's go get somebody to at least challenge him, compliment him, spell him, who knows. And Hunt's looked great in the preseason. And he has some similarities, too, in that he's, his strengths aren't jump off the page. You know, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, too. Um, but, boy, it's a good situation. You know, I know in, like, the fantasy world, he, he's rocketing up boards right now because that was a real crowded situation before. West is still there, and C.J. Spiller's actually still alive, which is sort of crazy. But, right. I mean, I think Hunt is in the Offensive Rookie of the Year conversation. Really? Wow. I, I mean, know I they've been raving about as... him
0: for all of camp, so we'll, we'll see. I mean,
1: he's not I think as good Hunt a player could... as Fournette or Mixon or McCaffrey or Cook, but his situation's pretty prime. You think he could be a guy who can get 1,200 yards maybe? Yeah, I do. Oh. You know, they, they play slow. They run the ball a lot. They have a good defense. Yeah, and he catches the ball well. Interesting. One fumble in his college life, too. There you go. There's the book on Kareem
0: Hunt. Uh, Taking on the uh, Chiefs, they pick up Reggie Ragland for a fourth-round pick. I-, I thought the Bills – I mean, you never want to give up on a second-round pick that early in his career. But, I mean, by all accounts, uh, he was working on with the third team. he's probably going a cut. thought the Bills did pretty good for getting a fourth-round pick out of him. Your thoughts there and your thoughts if uh, – he can energize
1: his career in kansas city yeah they, they ask a lot i mean think about the the carolina staff now in buffalo and exactly what they want from the linebacker position is extreme range coverage ability every down ability obviously luke keekley's the best you could get there but even thomas davis and shaq thompson and all those guys are first round picks you know they want Extreme playmakers, athletes, that's where they want their money position to be. And Ragland, I mean, even coming out of of Alabama, was a nice prospect, went in the second round, and nobody had too much of a beef about that. But coverage wasn't his forte. Athleticism isn't his forte. You know, he's more of a leader, good player, not special qualities. And, you know, in in Kansas City, they're, they're more win now. Um, Derek Johnson's on his last legs and they got guys like Ramick Wilson, but they needed a guy and I think he'll compete for playing time there probably just on early downs and you know they'll bring their dime package with extra safeties and corners on more often. So they didn't give up a ton but it's a nice move for the bills but again, Buffalo is gonna be terrible this year um,
0: that Darius situation could be bubbling over too. I mean, Sean McDermott is certainly not worried about getting rid of people in Buffalo, and, and Darius may be the next to go. I mean, got you know got sent home last week. That McDermott is not playing
1: around, is he? No, he's not. And they're they're certainly cleaning house. Um, I get it. You know, I don't have a problem with it. I would think Darius could be the type of guy that yields you more than a fourth-round pick. You know, I mean, and I bet he would do cartwheels to get out of Buffalo, too. Um, you got to think about it. I mean, and I'm not putting words in their mouth, but being a winner in Alabama growing up in the South and then spending the last couple of years in Buffalo, same thing with Ragland to a lesser degree. I bet he wouldn't cry too much if they moved him somewhere else.
0: Oh, can't blame him for that. What are your thoughts on Chris Carson in Seattle? Just a good preseason story or somebody to look at?
1: He's intriguing. You know, I mean, he certainly has made noise, seems to run hard. I think he's a help on special teams from what I understand. And I can't say I know a ton about him. Um, But what I do know, and this is another fantasy nugget I keep talking about too, is Rawls, Procise, Lacey. I like all them in a nutshell, like, okay, you know, they, I'll gladly give them the ball or throw it to pro But I don't trust any of them to stay healthy at all. I mean, their running styles, their history, uh, I think they're all injuries waiting to happen. And like a fantasy note I keep saying is people ask me, which of those Seattle running backs do I want? I'm like, wait until somebody gets – I want the guy that's still standing because two of them are going to get hurt, and whoever's healthy that week should do really well on a good team – but then he's going to get hurt. I mean, I just think all three of those guys are massive injury concerns. Right. right. Speaking of running back
0: speaking of injuries, Jamal Charles was pretty good in his uh, Denver Bronco debut the other night. Do uh, um, you think that he, he got a little left to, to help out that offense and the change of pace role?
1: Maybe. I was really down on his chances. You know, I thought, boy, this is going to end badly. This is going to be, you know, a bad memory to end his career. But I guess he does have some juice. Um, does he have 200 carries a year? Juice, I doubt it. But if he has six carries a game, juice that goes a long way, oh. you know. And oh. Booker's out, and uh, they need every kind of playmaker they can get.
0: Yeah, I, I think they'd be happy with that. Um, yeah.
1: Now moving on to Dallas, we
0: talk every time we talk about Dallas lately. It, it's kind of negative, and, that, and here's another negative one: with Hitchens being out that may push. Uh, jalen smith to a bigger role which may be a little scary because who knows if he's ready but just again there's just whether it's off the field or injuries there's some red flags going on in dallas every week isn't there
1: bad mojo for sure i mean just all these bad things going on although who knows i mean today uh, it sounds like as we speak ezekiel elliott is appealing his suspension and Maybe gets it overturned, or more likely, maybe he pushes it back and he's there for week one. I think Schefter something said something along those lines that that's a possibility still. I mean, that would certainly kickstart their chances a little. But I've been saying it for months. I mean, that I was down on Dallas with with Elliott and before the injuries, and now there's and suspensions, and now there's a lot of those. And, and Hitchens isn't a great player, and ideally right. Smith is healthy, and him and Sean Lee are on the field every day, every play, and they both look like pro bowlers, which is very possible. But it's just another shot. You know, it's another body blow to, the, to them, and they've had a lot.
0: Right, right. want to wrap
1: up with a couple other things. Uh,
0: kind of done some fantasy things today, and we don't do a lot of that. But um, Goodwin in the 49ers, and Goodwin in – Kyle Shanahan's offense looks pretty good in the preseason. Is he somebody that people should keep an eye on?
1: Yes. And like we've been saying, I think the 49ers are going to be bad. But they have very much a plan in place. And Shanahan has specific type of offensive players he wants. You know, I mean, he wants a fullback that can play a lot of snaps and catch passes and detach from the formation. They used to the fullback a ton in Atlanta, so they give youth check make him the highest paid fullback ever. People kind of rolled their eyes at it. Well, he's got a plan for that guy. Well, they also have, you know they have a very niche role for the guy that runs a four2. And we saw it last year with Gabriel, that that, that that burner. and Goodwin was an Olympic, I mean he's an Olympic speed guy. He's not just a fast route wide receiver. He's one of the fastest human beings on the planet, and and I think that's exactly what they want from that position. That yes, they maybe they have their Gabriel. I mean, they don't have their Julio yet, and Pierre Garcon is going to have to be the pseudo Julio. And maybe they get their Julio next year, and Garcon becomes their Sanu, which is would be ideal. But at least they have, you know, defined roles for all their prominent players. Right. Well.
0: Yeah, I, I've said this before, and I don't think we're going to be talking about 49 a lot this year, but we may be next year, you know, next offseason. I I mm. like the foundation they're starting. They seem to be finally smart again, you know, so
1: there, there's a little hope there. Maybe
0: not this fall. It might be 3-13, and 13, but I think there's some hope there.
1: Yeah, I, I was actually on the radio in San Francisco a couple of days ago. We were having the same conversation, and, and I said, it's the Michelob Ultra of – Atlanta, you know, I mean, Hoyer has some Matt Ryan traits, you know, Goodwin can be the Gabriel Garcon is the Michelob ultra version of Julio, but you can see the lesser versions of them. Right.
0: For me, that's just a waste of a night, but whatever. Good luck to them.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, at least there's, it's not an a beer. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Speaking
0: of NA beer, near beer, the New York Jets. Um, they go with McCown yesterday. Oh. I mean, they have really no other. Tr- I mean, the New York Jets are are looking at the off season, right? I mean, they just they just have to play the next sixteen games. But there's nothing to see here. I mean, they're going to draft a quarterback in 2018, right? I mean, that's yesterday was just kind of a, at least they have they're going to have a competent guy, and they wouldn't have a competent guy and. Hackenberg or Petty and McNally's not going to go and screw things up and win seven, eight games. So they're still going to, they're not going to be embarrassed at quarterback, but they're not going to win any games either. And then they get a, a solid player.
1: That's going to be the worst offense in the league. I mean, yeah. I think if you look at every starter, I don't see anyone that's above average for their position across the league. I'm not sure I see anyone that's average. <laughs> I mean, Bilal Powell's okay, but there's probably 20 running backs I'd rather have than him. I mean, they don't have one average starter on their offense. And, yeah, McCown's competent, but he stinks. You know, the more I watch him, the less I like him. Um, I thought at least they should give Hackenberg a shot that gets 16 games of tape from him and maybe somebody wants him or maybe you like him. Or, but this doesn't bode well for his what he's been showing them either. What would your over-under for these
0: guys be? Three? Oh. What's that? What would your over-under for the Jets this year be? Three? Two and a half?
1: I think they're... I'll take the under on three. Wow. I can't see them getting to four. Uh-huh. I think there's a better chance they win two than there is four. And if I push at three, I mean, at two and a half, I still might take the under. Of oh, I just don't know how they score points. Yeah.
0: So this might be one of the worst single season teams we've seen in quite a while.
1: Yeah. And the Browns were just one in 15 last year and over yeah. for, for a long time.
0: Yeah. Pretty and exciting. Are gonna be bad
1: ones. I mean, man, I mean, now I, the more you look at Buffalo too. I mean, yeah. there's going to be some teams fighting for that first overall spot.
0: Yeah. Well, well, hey, next week, let's do our prediction show. I'm sure there'll be a couple little news and notes, but let's just uh, let's get the predictions going on, the divisions and playoffs and Super Bowl. Sound good to you? I like it. Cool. All right, man. Well, appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening to No Relation NFL Podcast, Matt and Bill Williamson. We'll be back next week, week one, and we'll do our predictions. Thanks, Matt. Talk to you next week.
1: All right, bud. We'll see you.